Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. Hi, I'm Erica Brown. I'm the editor of the Manchester Cricket, and I'm here today with Victoria Grunberg, the director of Seared, which is currently playing at the Gloucester Stage Company through August 22nd at Windhover in Rockport. Hi there, Victoria. Hi. Hey, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure to be here. So I went to see the play this past weekend. I I saw it right after its opening on Friday. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. Oh, thank you. It's a really, really wonderful production. And it seems perfectly suited for that venue. Yeah, well... It's funny you say that because when Bob Walsh first called me about doing it outdoors this summer because we wanted to make sure that we were staying safe for the pandemic, I thought, oh, wow, we're going to make a whole tiny New York kitchen outdoors. Sure. (laughs) Totally. I mean, theater and the arts are about, if nothing, then figuring out how to do something within a constraint that you maybe wouldn't have put on yourself otherwise. So it was really fun. I think it's kind of a blast to have them in the great outdoors while having these sort of really big conversations with each other. There's something about the echo of the voices and the space that adds to the drama. Yeah, no, no, it was fantastic. For people who don't know, the Gloucester Stage Company got together with, for the first time, with Wind Hover um, this past year, and they came up with an incredible incredibly creative solution for the fact that the theater was shuttered last year for COVID. And this year they partnered with Windhover, which usually sort of these modern dance presentations within the setting of, it's a beautiful setting of a, of a quarry, of a reservoir, and they'll integrate those into that. So that's been going on for a really long time. This is much more traditional. They built a theater, a stage. There is seating underneath the canopy of a beautiful tree. The seating was Okay, the seating was fold out like foot high-end football or or tailgating <laughs> seatings with their camp chairs and I got to say they were so comfortable and it was really easy. We were all spaced out. It was beautiful. There was bug control, which was lovely. And then there's also sort of a uh, they call it a beer garden, but it's like a bar and and sort mm-hmm. of an area you can come and you can picnic ahead of time. Yeah. So that sets it up. And yes, we sat down and there on the stage was a, a very tight it's a tight, tight kitchen of a small, teeny Brooklyn, you know, eatery that is on the verge of greatness because it had just gotten a great review in New York Magazine. Unfortunately, the Best Bets column, which is hilarious. <laughs> that was a great reference, as if that wasn't good enough. Uh-huh. Uh, for, this, for the scallops of this temperamental, you know, let's call it genius with air quotes in a big way, um, <laughs> Harry. Uh, the chef at this restaurant, and it really takes place in this tight confines of this kitchen, as you said, and it was incredible. It's a really good story, and it's by uh, Teresa Rebeck. Teresa Rebeck, who is a star in and of herself because mm-hmm. she's a very prolific, not that you really did need to distinguish that she's a woman, but she's a very prolific and probably the most successful female Broadway playwright. Is that correct? I'm, yeah, totally down for that description. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I mean, it sounds right, you know? She's written, I mean, she's definitively prolific. She has written so much material where people know sort of her famous piece from the different seasons of her career, Mm. that she's had so many plays that get out there and sort of travel around the country and, and get people talking. I mean, I think that's what's so fun about this show is that 
uh, she's always playing with really strong characters, but they also have really strong ideas. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you can run into problems with idea plays where you aren't focusing on on a person anymore you have like a character that's a stand-in for an idea and you feel less connected to them Mm -hmm. but that is not the case here whatsoever these are really grounded true flawed honest people and they have really intense perspectives on this issue that they're fighting about the whole time I think that's exactly right. And as a matter of fact, from a perspective of me, I didn't know that it was a comedy when I was going in. Mm. And I, so I didn't know. And and the truth is, it's not a comedy as in, dun-dun-dun. you know, it's, it's, right. it's not. It's like you said, it's got a sort of an intense point of view for each character. It really goes deep. It's incredibly well-written. And because it's so extreme for each one of these characters at times, that's where the humor is, actually. It's exactly. very, yeah. very funny. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that a lot in rehearsal, actually. Um, and just to sort of fill people in, because I, I feel like I'm talking around the conversation that's in the play, it's kind of examining this question of art versus commerce. Mm-hmm. So as you were saying, the chef, Harry, um, made these scallops for this sort of little guy they didn't really know who he was he ended up being the best bets columnist for new york magazine he said hey you should check out the scallops at you know insert tiny restaurant in brooklyn and then they got swamped Mm -hmm. and then the chef refuses to make the scallops ever again exactly and so his business partner mike um is saying dude we're going to have to close. We've been having trouble affording the rent for years and now it's going up again. And we have an opportunity if you will just make these beautiful scallops for the like hordes of people who would like to enjoy them, we could make it. And so again, the strength of the play, I think, is that you can access both sides of this conversation that there are reasons why the chef is so pure about the idea of his cooking as his art and not wanting to compromise that maybe not wanting it to be too commercial or something like that Mm -hmm. and his business partner being you know like an evil money man but just a person who is trying to run a business and that has to be profitable and the man who emptied his bank account Right, right. To do this dream for his friend, Harry. So, yes, you're right. He's not. There are four characters. There's Emily, Mike, Rodney, Harry. Harry is the the chef. He's he's played by James Lewis Wagner. Mike, his his business partner, is Mike Monaco. Emily is a a consultant, a restaurant consultant. She was awesome. Emily Bosco is uh, the actress who plays uh, Emily. And then, of course, the Rodney is the is the waiter, Jordan Pearson, and he's spectacular. They're all really, really good. They're really good together. But I just say that because it's such a tight cast, mm-hmm. and they and the script does so much with it. So that is a funny story. In 2018, the Williamstown Theater Festival over in the Berkshires sure. was doing Seared, sure. and. It was going to be kind of the first time that it was coming to the East Coast. They had done a version of a production of it in the West Coast, but my understanding is that Teresa changed a lot after that. Mm -hmm. She was kind of workshopping it. So I had applied to Williamstown's professional training program for directing, which is sort of known amongst early career directors as a great way to get some experience and to assist some really 
great projects. Sure. So the way that that I got connected to this show specifically was that what essentially Williamstown does is put a set of applications in front of the directors for each of their shows that summer and say, these are all people who we would love to have in our professional training program. Who would you like to have as your assistant director? And Moritz von Stulpnagel, who was directing Seared, picked my, my application. A, hello, sorry. That's a name. <laughs> say, say that again. <laughs> Moritz von Stulpnagel. There you go. I'm not always 100% sure that I'm saying it correctly. So Moritz, <laughs> if you ever happen to catch this, I apologize if I didn't get it. But he was wonderful. I mean, Moritz directed Hand to God on Broadway probably when he was about my age. Mm. And he's had this incredible career and is just this like really generous and kind leader who was such a great mentor and collaborator for me in that particular moment in my career. He just sort of brings people along for the ride. So I was along for the ride. And at Williamstown, the show got seen by some folks at MCC in Mm -hmm. New York, and they loved it wanted to bring it to New York. Moritz brought me with it. And so then I did it off-Broadway, assistant directing again Mm -hmm. at MCC. And then Bob Walsh called Moritz, I think in 2020, and said, you know, I love Seared. They know each other through Boston. Moritz at some point was at a school in Boston and for theater, and he met Bob Walsh that way. So they've known each other for a long time. And Mertz said, you know what, I can't do this project, but I know someone who can. And so he gave Bob my name and we got in touch and uh, decided to give it a go. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it seems like all your great experience came together here. I mean, you've been at the Princeton Triangle Club, Assist J in South Africa, the studio theater, and then, of course, Williamstown. Um, that's amazing. So um, in terms of being here in, in Gloucester, you're here through, this production is here through the 22nd. Um, one of the things that we did a story on not too long ago was the fact that theaters, um, how are they doing things creatively to sort of keep the show, bringing back the show, especially with theater. The business of theater is actually really complicated. It's very expensive to put on a production. And things like restaurants, which is very interesting uh-huh. that this happens to be about a restaurant, but restaurants, you can sort of flex a little bit and say, okay, well, we'll adapt and we'll come back. Mm -hmm. But with theater productions, you have to plan everything so far ahead. And you need to really be sure that all the tickets are going to be sold. Otherwise, it's a real, it's a, it's a disaster. Totally. So, (laughs) so one of the things that was really great about this is just showing partnership with uh, Windhover and, and the Gloucester Stage Company, having this kind of production, which I know it's funny, my perspective was, this is streamed down and simple. It's four actors. It's a, a small, tight <laughs> set. And it's funny, I said that to you, and your face said, uh, excuse me, <laughs> no. <laughs> so how is it working now in COVID and sort of post-COVID and, and sort of everything from the challenges to it to the fact that obviously there's a lot of enthusiasm from supporters uh-huh. in, the, in the audience last night. So that also must be really nice. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question to ask specifically about the labor that went into this play because I actually describe this play to people as a musical but instead of the singing and dancing it's the cooking oh that's so interesting yeah 
so the, the general concept of a musical is that you have additional storytelling tools that appear when the characters need to express information through a different avenue. And the cooking is doing exactly that in this play, where we're telling a story about a chef who is really passionate about their food or a waiter who is playing sous chef every once in a while in sure. the kitchen through the action of them like plating this fettuccine. And so, yeah. and also as far as the experience from the inside of it, it takes a ton more time and a ton more resource than a typical play because you have to figure out how much food you're going to have on stage sure. and how you're going to keep replenishing it and how much of it you're going to use in each performance. And then the actors have to screw their heads on straight with all of those. It, I mean, it's also a very wordy play. Mm. And then they have to also incorporate these intense movements, by the way, using sharp knives. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. quite a lot of different brain sections to be using at the same time. And so if I, I think if, Gloucester Stages community and the theater community, the actors who we brought on, even you know me, the stage manager, if we were less hungry to be, no pun intended, to be doing theater again, it would have been a little bit more of an uphill battle just to put all the pieces together. But because we were all so just like overjoyed mm. to be making a show again, it was like, oh, okay, that's not going to work. Let's try this. Yeah, That's going to be hard. Let's try this. Yeah. And there was just a lot of joy in the process that I think we would do well to, you know, try to carry with us going onwards as we continue to build the industry and also looking at the things that we can change. So, for example, the actors are going to be having two days off a week instead of one day off a week for performances. That's a change in the theater industry around labor, that having only one day off a week, we're one of the only industries where yeah. that's just like absolutely the yeah. norm across every single part of it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. So I think it's been a fun ride so far. We still have a ways to go, you know. We we got to see how the fall and the winter play out and but I think that um artists are pretty good at taking the present for what it is and figuring things out kind of one step at a time. The thing that you are most supposed to be doing when you're on stage especially as an actor is is being present, quote unquote. So for now, I think that's what we're doing. And I think our audiences are too, because that's a little bit what, in my experience, was difficult about the pandemic was being forced to live in the present. Yeah, yeah. Rather than sort of enjoying it and absorbing it, it was like, well, I don't want to look at the past and I don't know what's in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we get back to choosing to participate in a moment that we really want to cherish and yeah it's funny we have a local a guy who grew up here who was in visiting a couple weeks ago Tom Shanley he's a very busy actor out in in LA and he comes home regularly and and he was talking about the gratitude that the whole industry has for actually getting back to work mm -hmm. after sort of just being forced to flex and like anybody else but in any case so back to Seared I will tell you that the the experience of, of seeing outdoors, al fresco, um, seeing a wonderful performance. Also, the writing is spectacular. I will just say the writing really is spectacular. 
to and and not to give anything away, but to see that interaction between Harry, the chef, talk to Mike, his friend and business partner, in a very heated discussion, um, no pun intended, about the concept of money and about how <laughs> the money that this man, that his partner, had invested considerably into this uh, restaurant two years before was merely a memory. It's a memory of money. It wasn't even really money. <laughs> was a hilarious exchange and that was just one of many very funny moments and then it was also at the same time very real I mean I've worked in restaurants as many many other people have Mm -hmm. and let me tell you when I got started watching this it was a little too real for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) so anyway fantastic job uh, Victoria I love that you happen to come by because you're staying in Manchester Mm -hmm. um, with the Bates and so I really appreciate it we can't wait to see the show and it's on through August 22nd Yep. Over at Windhover. Windhover in Rockport. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful setting and a beautiful show. And thank you for coming by. It was fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy your summer, y'all. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.